In the name of Jesus, we're now in the last few Sundays of the church year, and as such, you'll notice that our texts that are appointed for each Sunday talk about the end times, talk about what is yet to come, and today we have for us, pay attention to this little word, citizenship, where our true faith, where our true citizenship is found, and what that means for us as Christians as we await not just the other shoe to drop, but the return of Christ, the resurrection, the life of the world to come. And so in our gospel text for today, you're going to love where this goes. We have two distinctive political parties at work, which makes you kind of wonder where the sermon's going to go, right? Maybe a little worried? You should be. In Matthew chapter 22, we have two political parties. The first is the Herodians. The Herodians are loyal to King Herod. They're loyal to Rome. They're loyal to Caesar. The second party, you thought I was going to say Democrats and Republicans, right? The Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees are a religious party, not zealots per se, but utter pietists. Utter pietists who claim that through their enthusiasm, through their good works, through the Jewish religion, well, that the Jews should rule supreme over everybody else. And they're just biding their times waiting until this takes place. And the Pharisees, the Pharisees are currently the losers in the political spectrum. However, both parties are very worried about this Jesus fellow coming and upsetting their apple carts. And so, you know what they do, these two political parties? They cross the aisle. They join together to overthrow the Son of God, to entangle Jesus. And they do it by using their silver tongue. They do it trying to attempt to sway Jesus by flattery. Did you catch what and how they said in our gospel text for today? Oh, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. Nah, they really don't believe that. And you do not care about anyone's opinion. Ah, Jesus does care about opinions, more so about faith and about what's believed. For you are not swayed, O oh Jesus, by appearances. Talk about blowing air from the sandals up Jesus' robes. I mean, they're just going after him left and right. But they come at him now with a paradoxical question. Which side of the aisle are you on, Jesus? Who did you cast your ballot for? Hey, Jesus, pay Caesar his tax or not? Now, a little sidebar, you think our nation is currently a little divided with everything that's gone on this year and the election? They had a lot of problems back then. You might be a little worried, a little afraid of what's going to come, worried about what you wear, food in your belly, your stock portfolio, your money in the bank, and you get all sort of out of sorts, well, 
I would submit to you what's going on at the time of Jesus was even much worse than what we're dealing with here and now. But for those of you that think that Jesus is your boyfriend, in the sense that you think Jesus is is just all about love and this schwarmery aspect of just bringing peace, you need to pay attention to how Jesus acts because in our text for today, well, did you hear it? You hypocrites! His very first words to them. You hypocrites. You see, Jesus is a, a theologian of the cross. He calls a thing what it is. He's, he's not a theologian of glory. And he points out their fallacy. Because Jesus is not just another prophet, not just another preacher. Jesus is literally the Son of God in the flesh. And Jesus, more so than Superman or any type of heroes, he can see. He can see into their hearts, see into yours, to see the faith that's been given to you. Thanks be to God for that. Little Amelia, your daughter today, that faith has already come to her from you and mom reading her that word, from her being brought to church. It probably seemed a little strange, perhaps, for some of you. We're asking Amelia questions, and she's just sitting there smiling. She's got no clue what's going on. How in the world can we ask her questions? Do you want to be baptized? She's a baby. Faith always grabs hold of Jesus. We speak the answers that faith speaks. Quite simple. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's pretty simple when you understand it that way. And that's why we have sponsors to pledge to do what? To ensure and to help the parents that she's raised in that faith so that she won't reject and take off her baptismal garment that she's been given by Jesus. You see, faith grabs hold of Jesus and his word. It it doesn't try to catch him in his words. Jesus points out their fallacy because he sees exactly what's in their pocket. And do you know what each of these people have in their pocket? These Herodians and Pharisees? Jesus sees. They all have a specific coin in their pockets. It's a coin that was used to pay Caesar his poll tax. Denarius is one word for it. But this specific poll tax coin was a gold coin that had the image of Caesar on it, as well as the name of the current ruling Roman emperor. Now, to be fair, if you study Roman history, you will also know that there's other coins that the Roman Empire used. Those that were copper, those that were bronze. Copper and bronze coins were minted by the Roman Senate. Only the gold coin could be minted by the ruling Caesar, and thus was also paid to him. Now the Herodians, they liked the swamp of Roman rule because it was lucrative for them. It put money back in their pockets. The Pharisees, keep in mind, had their own swamp. That was centered around the buying and selling of goods at the temple. You might also remember another actual story about Jesus who shows up at the temple And guess what he does? 
Now, boyfriend Jesus doesn't show up there either. He drives out the money changers, overturns their tables. He takes a whip in their hand, in his hand, and drives them out. Of course, we never see pictures of Jesus with a whip in his hand in church, right? Or seldom in Sunday school lessons. But this is what Jesus has come to do, to point out sin, to cut it out, to get rid of it. Why? So that you may stand spotless and righteous before the Most High God. But they have come with their own motives. Not to lay themselves humbly at the feet of Jesus. Oh no. No, they've got plans for him. Well, as we go on with the rest of the story, you need to listen to Jesus speaking further. He does this first in Proverbs 8, verse 13, our Old Testament lesson for today. And by the way, Jesus is wisdom incarnate. He says this, Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Which he then follows up in our gospel text for today by answering the Pharisees and Herodians' questions in this way. Number one, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Duly give, render to him. So what are the things of Caesar's? Is it simply just this little coin, this tax that they all ironically have in their pockets? Thus trapping them in their question? Thus making them hypocrites? You see, the things of Caesar, the things of this earth, are all earthly things. They're things you can't take with you. They're things that will perish and spoil and fade And yes, God does give us governments to whom we should honor, respect, pray for, pay taxes to. But look at where Jesus goes right after. The order here is important. Render to God the things that are God's. So if the things of Caesar are the things of this earth, the worldly things that you and I spend so much time concerning ourselves with, so much time being worried about, fearful of, What are the things of God to give back to him? Glad you asked that question. Allow me to answer the question for you. And we're going to let our fingers do the walking from the B-I-B-L-E. You ready? What are the things of God? Exodus 19 verse 5. Now therefore God said, If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine. All the earth, God? Maybe just, what, China? United States? What part of it is yours? All of it. And who? You. You who hear my word and have faith. You're his possession. Deuteronomy 10. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. It's pretty cool to hear about the satellites and the rovers and Mars and all the planets now that we're starting to see and explore, guess who they belong to? I think you know the answer to that question. Deuteronomy 8. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me my wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. Job 41, verse 11. And God said to Job, Who has first given to me 
that I should repay him. Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. Psalm 24, verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Haggai 2, verse 8, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. And the last one, we could do this for the rest of the day, by the way. But 1 Timothy 6, 17, As for those that are rich in this present age or consider themselves thereof, charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So where do you fall, party lines? Not necessarily current politics. Well, you and I as sinners simply fall on the wrong side. But here comes Jesus to rescue you and to me, to drag us back to take the old sinner that is in us and drown that sinner in holy baptism, that a new man may arise to live forth. You see, our Heavenly Father gives us everything. It's all His, not yours, not mine, and truly not even Caesar's. And even you, your very body. It's not your body, not your choice. Scripture says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And not with gold or silver or with Caesar's golden poll tax coin. You were bought and redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Which means now that your citizenship is in heaven. Have no fear, little flock. Give to God the things that are God's. What else is given to God? Jesus. Jesus is given to God. Even through the planning and the ministrations of the Pharisees and Herodians of Pilate and King Herod, it is Jesus who is given over to death upon Calvary's holy hill. Jesus becomes that once-for-all sacrifice. And so upon this, that which has been given us, let us likewise marvel. But let us not like the Pharisees and the Herodians, leave Jesus. Let us stand firm in this faith, all the while knowing the truth, the reality, and the inexpressible hope that God, in the midst of an election year, in the midst of a COVID year, sorry I said it, in the midst of all the other stuff that goes on in your life, God yet reigns for you. Your children have a hope and a future because of Jesus. In Christ, all conflicts will cease. In Christ, all your sin is forgiven. In Christ, you have a hope and a glorious future. In the name of Jesus.